Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. As we look at the topic today, how do you trust God's promises on your spiritual journey? I don't know what promises you think of when I say that. I don't know what you're expecting from your relationship with God, but if you're here today and you don't have any expectations, I encourage you to actually have expectations because God is up front with expectations. If we don't have any expectations, it's very likely we could just go through life and not accomplish the many things that God wants to accomplish in our lives. So how do you trust God's promises on your spiritual journey? We're going to look at a little passage in Genesis with Abraham, and we're going to jump right into that. But first, I want you to think about this question here. Has anyone ever broken a promise to you? I'm a school teacher, and I started teaching in 1988. And I could tell you one thing, knowing children and working with children I've seen the consequences of broken promises. I've sat at that desk and interacted with those kids, and not everyone in life keeps their promises. And maybe you're here and people have broken promises to you. And maybe you had an expectation and you were looking forward to something, but promises are a part of life. And I know When I first got married, I think I've shared this story, you want to avoid conflict. You don't want someone mad at you. So when they put the pressure on you, they start asking you questions. It's easy to make promises that you don't keep. My premise today is that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and our God, the one true God, is a way maker. He's a promise keeper. He's a God who does the impossible. And I not only want you to see that in the Word of God, but I want you to experience that in your life. So we're going to step back into the shoes of Abraham and relive his story so that you can connect it with the story that you live on your spiritual journey. Before we do that, I want you to understand this one key point, that no one can grow spiritually if they're not willing to trust that God will keep his promises. And whatever you've experienced in your past, and whatever you experienced with your parents or your family situation or relationships, can have an effect on the way you view God. And if you view God with the same distrust that I've seen in those little boys and girls in class, and it is painful. I think God allowed me to experience that, so I have tried to work hard to say less and deliver what I say, you know, not to make promises and not keep them, because I've seen how it has affected children. And that dysfunction and that hurt and that pain can carry over into our relationship with God, because sometimes, as you're going to see today, when God promises something, God doesn't necessarily give you exactly what he promises right away. 
There is a time factor. And one of the songs talked about waiting. And there is a waiting element to faith in the Christian life. And the story begins, after these things, this is verse 1 of chapter 15, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am your shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. So God makes this promise to Abraham, and he reassures him. He's already made the promise in chapter 12. He's restated it, and now he restates it again in chapter 15. God has spoken to us today through his word and the Holy Spirit that he exists and desires a relationship with us. God wants to have a relationship with you. And more important than his individual promises or the things that you want God to do for you is a personal relationship with God. Your relationship with God will continue when you've received the things you want to. I don't know if you remember your first Christmas present that you got excited about. I remember just hoping and praying and just wishing for a 10-speed. You know, now they have 24 speeds. You know, bikes have just gone to a whole nother level. But back then, I was hoping for a 10-speed. And I can remember seeing that 10-speed. You know, when I came into the living room, when I woke up, I remember seeing it just sitting there. And then later on, I wanted guitars, and I worked hard and prayed, God, help me make the money to buy this, this 12-string. And I bought that guitar, and I played it. And it was great, but it wasn't the end of the world. You know, you get what you ask for sometimes. You work hard and you accomplish things. You get things. But as life goes on, you ask for more things. But it's that relationship that continues. It's the relationship you have with God, which is eternal, which is the long thing. God wants a relationship with you. And through that relationship, you grow spiritually and you're able to make a difference in the world that you live in. And without faith... It is impossible to please him. For the one who comes to God must believe that God exists and that he proves to be one who rewards those who seek him. If you believe that living the Christian life is not worthwhile, then you're not experiencing a relationship with God as he has designed it. God wants you not only to have a relationship with him, but he wants you to experience his love his joy, his peace, and his hope in the context of that relationship. You are on a spiritual journey, and that journey is with the one who loves you and died and gave his life for you. The basis of sin entering the world was doubting God's word. As we look at paradise, as we look at what God intended for us, he created us in his image to have a relationship with him, and why are we out of relationship? Why do we not have a relationship with God? It began when Adam and Eve were tempted. And a serpent was more cunning than any animal of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God really said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And if you are on your spiritual journey, if you are a young person trying to follow and obey Christ. The enemy is going to try to question you as to whether or not that life is the best way to live. He is going to question, do you believe God exists? 
Do you believe God is good? Do you believe that God cares for you? Do you believe that God is involved? Many people believe in God, but they think, you know, they have a deist concept of God, that God kind of wound up the world like like a watch. You know, he just set the watch, and the watch is ticking. But he's off playing golf somewhere. He's not involved personally. Do you believe in a personal God? Because the enemy is going to challenge that belief. It is normal to question God's promises when the fulfillment requires supernatural means. As you know from the story of Abraham, Abraham was 75 years old when God appeared to him and gave the promise. Now this is many years after that, and God appears again. And Abraham is looking at his wife, and she's older. And, you know, Abraham is asking for a son, And God has shown up and promised him that he would become a nation. And that's where the disconnect is sometimes. You know, God's looking at you and I, and he's saying, I want to do great things through you. I want you to be part of my eternal purpose. And that sounds wonderful, but we're thinking, Lord, I'm just trying to pay my rent right now. Lord, I'm just trying to work through this broken relationship. Lord, I'm just trying to sort out you know, my, my physical pain and the, the struggles that I have. You know, people struggle in relationships. People struggle with physical health. People struggle with finances. And that's right in front of us. And we are saying, God, I need your help with this, this bill. I need your help with these relationships. I need your help with the way I feel about myself. I need your help with anxiety. And God's saying, I want to change the world through you. You're like, hold on, God. Can you just, can you just spare $20? <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that God will not only meet the small needs, but if you could look and see that small need as being part of the grand scheme, that God wants to do great things through you and through us. That God truly wants to do more than just pay our bills. God wants to do more than just help us get along. He wants to transform our character and transform the world around us so that people who have no hope, people who've never heard of Jesus, you know, we might come in here limping and bruised up a little, and we might have some challenges from time to time, but you know what? We are blessed. If you are here and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, You are blessed and highly favored. And you are in a position, you know, have you ever been to a part of, maybe you went to a town or a place where you normally don't go and it just seemed like it was just full of poverty that you hadn't seen before and people start asking you for money. You know, when we went to Israel, you know, there were beggars on the street just asking for money and it'd come up and some of them would have physical deformities and things like that. And you're aware that all of a sudden you're in a place where You have more than those around you. And you're in a position where you can help people. Well, I want you to see yourself today as not being weak and helpless, but being in a place where because of your relationship with Christ, that you're in a place where you can help people who have needs. And God can not only fulfill the promises that meet your needs, but he can fulfill promises to you that are tied into a greater plan and purpose for our lives. 
And Abraham had the same thought. Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless? And the heir of my house is Eliza of Damascus. Abraham also said, since you have given me no son, one who has been born in my house is my heir. Do you have questions about what God is doing in your life? Are you thinking, Lord, I'm not really clear about the purpose? Faith does not eliminate questions, but faith knows where to take them. Faith is what we need. We need a greater faith, a greater confidence, a greater trust in the promises of God. Yes, the story of Abraham's life is about faith. And every time we open up the word of God and we look at Abraham, you see a different layer of faith. Today we're looking at what do you do with the word, the promise that God is giving you. He's given you a word, a promise, and it doesn't match up with your circumstances. You know, he's promised a nation, and you're wondering, how am I going to do that? I don't even have any children. And that's how God's way of doing things is awfully. You have to look and see, you know what? I believe that because you said it, you're going to do it. Because we can look back now, 2,000 years later, and I have been to the place where Abraham walked. And guess what? He did become a great nation. We've been in that great nation. We've walked and seen. There was millions of people who are descendants of Abraham. And guess what? Yes, he did have a son. His name was Isaac. And that's another lesson. But God fulfilled his promise to Abraham. And God's going to fulfill his promises to you and I. But it is natural to walk through this process. God's word confirms his promises to us. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to Abraham. This was after his questions. Questions are okay. We start asking questions. God, how are you going to use me to make an impact in the whole world when I can't get my own family to listen to me? God's got it all worked out. God's got a plan. But behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. He was referring to Isaac. We must base our lives on God's word and not our circumstances. If you and I come in here today and the only thing we look at is our circumstances, our physical health, our financial well-being, the quality of our relationships, if that's all we look at, we miss out on what a powerful, awesome relationship we have with the God of heaven. We are in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And through that relationship, God can turn all these things around. And God has a long-term plan, not a short-term plan. And God took him aside and said, Now look towards the heavens and count the stars if you're able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. I see this story like Abraham's taking a walk in the Holy Spirit. God speaks to him and says, I am going to bless you, Abraham. And he doesn't really talk about the son. And Abraham goes right to what's on his heart. He said, Lord, that sounds great, but will you give me a son? 
because he has doubts. And then God says, I'm going to give you a son, and then come over here. I want to show you something. Look up at the sky and see the stars, because not only am I going to give you a son, but your offspring are going to become a great nation. Through that nation will come the Messiah, the most important event. I mean, do you grasp that this man, Abraham, was speaking to God, and God was saying to him, of all the people on the earth, I am going to use you to accomplish the most important event in the whole world. And he didn't even have a son. He chose the most unlikely person. And here we are today, we don't see the big picture. We don't know every detail. We know our country is having all types of problems. And God's saying to us, church at the crossroads, I am willing to use you to make an eternal impact in the world. Because the same God who spoke to Abraham is speaking to us through his word. And the same faith that Abraham required to continue this story is required of us. Because there was a response on Abraham's part. This plan was contingent on a response. If Abraham would have just walked away and said, you know what? I can't deal with this. I'm going to quit. He couldn't have continued this journey. God didn't force him. So God promised Abraham that his family would have an eternal impact on the world. And God has blessed every nation through Abraham. God has promised to use you and your family to accomplish his eternal purpose. Can you grasp that? That God has promised us that we can make an eternal difference in the world around us. God made humans for a purpose not simply for themselves, not simply so that they could be in relationship with him, but so that through them, as his image bearers, he could bring his wise, glad, fruitful order to the world. God calls us as believers to make a difference in the world around us. I don't know all the details. I don't know how he's going to do that, but I know that he has promised and if we're willing and obedient to him, if we have faith in him and what he wants to do, he will use this little church and each one of us in our families to make a huge difference in the world, to help people and to reach people. I've seen it over and over. I've taught students. I remember teaching this one student in sixth grade. You know, he was just this math whiz, and me and him had this good relationship, and and I motivated him to do the math, and he was faithful in doing the math. And I remember uh, he grew, and he exceedingly did well in high school. Just accomplished. He became an engineer. He got training. He went to MIT. He went to UVA. And then God placed him in a place where he could build wells to provide water in third world countries. God takes people right where they're at as they're faithful and obedient to things where, you know, he's not asking that dumb question that we were talking about earlier. Why do I need to learn this stuff? I don't know why we need to do everything. We, you know, when we look at life like that, God, why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to learn this? Or why do I have to do that? He has a larger plan, and he's preparing you and I 
to be part of that. And if we will trust him and obey him and follow his will, he will place us in a place where it will make sense and it will be part of the grand scheme of things to accomplish his purpose. How did Abraham respond? What does God expect of us? It says, Abraham believed not just the Lord. He believed in the Lord. You know, have you ever asked somebody, just believe in me? Believe. That's what you want. You want somebody to trust you and to believe you. If you are showing somebody how to build something or do something, and you see the grand scheme of things, and you know every little detail you know, that needs to take place for them to be successful. You want them to, yes, believe me to do this, to do this and that, but you kind of just want to summarize it and say, look, just believe in me. This isn't my first rodeo. I've done this before. Trust me. I'm showing you step by step. I can't show you this step until you understand these points. And that's what God's doing for us. And he says, believe, believe in me. And Abraham believed in the Lord, and he credited to him as righteousness. In other words, God saw through Abraham's faith in him that Abraham was in relationship with God. Abraham was on the team. And that faith is going to be tested. You know, and as we have faith, God is going to test our faith. But Abraham put his trust in the Lord, and it was through Abraham that God sent Isaac. Through Isaac, there was Jacob and Esau. Through Jacob, there were the 12 tribes, Joseph and Judah. And that nation grew, and then they grew, and they expanded. And it was through that nation that Jesus was born, who came into the world to be the Messiah. And God has protected that nation, and God has placed that nation over in the land of Palestine, and he's not finished with them. God has a plan, an eternal plan, and that plan has come in the past. And the question is, what do you and I need to do? We need to trust and believe God and be willing to follow his specific orders as he dispatches us throughout the whole world to reach people with the gospel. Abraham trusted God, and he believed his promise. While Abraham prayed for a son, God promised to make him into a great nation because God is always doing more than we expect. Whatever your plans are, you know, whatever your vision is, whatever your greatest hope is, God's plan for you is so much better. And it does not matter your age. Jesus, look what Jesus accomplished in three years with people. God works through people. And God works through you and I investing in people. My obedience to the call of God is in the development of other people. It's through serving other people. If you will invest where you're at with the people you're with and impart to them the discipleship that Jesus has told us to do, go into all the world and make disciples. Pass on your Christian faith. Pass on your Christian values. Pass on your Christian experience with the God of heaven. And those children and those young people 
will go. And we will be part of it. You know, when I was teaching in Kansas, I was a young buck. And I was able to run with the basketball team. I was able to play football and do all that stuff. And we had an old, an old dude started working at school. And I remember thinking, why in the world would this old man want to work at this school? And I watched that old man in his 60s teaching school. And I saw him put a spark in those football players. I saw them make plays on that football field from their inspiration in that classroom. And I saw him give something of what he had that you can't really see. It was intangible. You know, he gave something of what he had to them to develop them. And then I went to another school, and there was another old man. And by that time, I kind of understood, you know. And he had that impact on people. And whether you are young or old, you know, God wants to use you. You know, you're not done. And God can use you simply by being obedient. It's not about your skill set. It's about your faith, your faithfulness to him, your loyalty. And now as I get older, I think, Lord, are you sure you, you still want me to go into the classroom and do this? And the thing is, is God just wants me to follow him and be obedient and he'll place me. You don't know who you're going to make an impact on. You don't know the difference that you're going to make. I think I told this story, but a friend of mine became a Christian. He was 15 or 16 years old, and I started taking him to different churches, and I tried to find a church like Crossroads with great music and you know, a cool-looking building and all this and that. I don't know why, but he didn't like those churches. We went to the biggest church with the biggest youth group, and and he's like, nah, I'm not comfortable here. So finally I said, he goes, well, where do you go to church? I said, well, yeah, I don't know if you want to go to my church. My church is older, you know. The pastor's kind of older, you know. It's... So I finally I took him to my church. He loved it. He loved it. He wasn't, he, I, don't know what, I don't know what another person's looking for. You know what he wanted? He wanted a relationship. He had a challenged relationship with his father. And that older pastor... I saw a side of him I never saw before. He took this young man under his wing and gave him his first job and started talking to him and, and giving him books. This man was a, not only he was a pastor, he was a book collector. He had more books than any man I've ever met in my life, tons of books. And he would give these books to my friend, and my friend started reading these books. And he eventually went to a seminary and got a master's from Reformed Seminary and it was through that common love of just knowledge and learning in the Word of God that this man influenced my friend, who now, you know, is raising a family. I think he's got like five or six kids. I can't even keep up, you know? And those kids are going to make a difference. He named his first son after that man. After that man that I didn't even think could make a difference. That's how much I knew. I didn't see it. But God can do tremendous things, you know. God can do so much through a person who is willing and obedient. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Do you trust God's promises? Do you believe God can do it again through you? Do you believe God can do what he did through Abraham, through you? 
that whatever God did through Abraham, God wants to do through us. Do you believe God wants to use you and your family to accomplish his purpose in the world? Church at the Crossroads wants to help you be part of God's plan to bless the world with the love and hope of Jesus Christ. As God puts things on our hearts and we attempt things to do things for God's glory, we don't do those things alone. It's through people coming along and helping and participating with us. We have a vision to reach the least of these, to reach people that other churches don't reach. That's why we ran out into the street. When we first came here, we would run out into the street and invite people to church who were walking up and down this main street. But that's not the only place that you find people in need. You find people in need all around us. You find people in need through Crisis Pregnancy Center, and we give money to support that. You find people in need through the food bank, and we support that ministry. And then I am going to prepare and propose to the church to, to reach out to unreached people, people who've never heard the gospel. We want to reach not just the people here in Ahoski, but we want to reach people throughout the whole world. And I promise you, I, I believe it with my whole heart, that if you will trust God and simply say, Lord, show me where I can, can plug in and be part of things, God will connect you with something that's bigger than yourself. God will connect you with things that will make an eternal impact. I believe that when the gospel is shared, I'm to the point when somebody comes into my life, I believe God sent them there so that I can either lead them to Christ or help them grow in Christ. I don't believe things just happen randomly. And when somebody walks into this church, I believe God wants to use them, whether it's through music. That's just one area. You know, there's many areas, there's many things that God wants to use people. And it just it simply starts with stepping out and saying, Lord, here I am. Send me, use me, let me be part of helping another person. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.